So today I want to turn our, our attention to anticipation, anticipating the Lord's return and what that means for us here in the midst of this COVID crisis, in the midst of political division and strife, and in the midst of all of the stuff that we're dealing with in life. What does it mean to anticipate the return of the Lord? How does that anticipation affect who we are and how we behave? And how do we change our outlook from uh, believe and behave to behold and become? That's where I left off. So picking it up from there. Does the thought of Jesus' return fill you with joy or dread? That's a, that's a good question, and one, it's one that requires an honest answer. Does the thought of Jesus' return fill you with joy or with dread or maybe just some anxiety? We need to dig deep in order to answer that question. Not what we think we believe or what we would hope to project for others uh, that we believe or what we want others to think we believe, but what we really believe. Does the consummation of God's salvation plan bring joy to your heart? And if so, are you telling others about it? Because if it brings joy to your heart, you would normally, naturally, be telling others about it. And if you're not telling others about it, why not? What is it that holds you back from sharing that good news? Perhaps you want to feel uh, that uh, t- for it to fill you with joy, but it really fills you with anxiety or dread. And if that's the case, then you really need to stop and examine your heart to find out why. Maybe it's because you're wanting to experience more of this life, like getting married or having children or finding a career. Or if you're older, meeting new grandchildren or re- retiring or taking a trip. That's all understandable that you would want to have those things. Even St. Paul had conflicting feelings about this. We read in Philippians 1, verses 23 and 24, where he says, I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary for you. So I get that we, we might have some mixed emotions about the whole thing. But if we really believe that Jesus' return is coming, and it's coming soon, then it should fill us with joy. It should fill us with joy. Listen again to the passage from Revelation chapter 21, uh, verses 1 through 4. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them as their God. They will be his peoples, and God himself will be with them. He will wipe away, he will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more. For the first things have passed away. Now, this vision that John saw is of the consummation of the age, not necessarily coinciding with Jesus' return. Um, There are many theories about this, a lot of controversy about it. As people read the Bible, they come up with different answers. And and I don't really want to get into the various theories of pre-, post-, or amillennialism, whether or not we experience heaven on earth or what have you. I think uh, we need to focus in on something else. uh, John's vision is most certainly what God will do at the end of this age to right all the wrongs 
and set everything right. And we can associate this with the second coming of Jesus because it all is part of the same package. It's a vision of a new heaven and a new earth where all the things that are considered bad in, this pre- in our present existence will be done away with. Things like tears, death, mourning and crying and pain. I don't think it's an all-inclusive list, and so I think we can add our own things to that too. What would we add? COVID, it would be done away with. Political divisions, church splits, terrorist attacks, uh, injustices, and so forth. The Bible speaks of this eschatological hope. Eschatological means referring to the end times. The Bible speaks of this in many, many places, like Isaiah chapter 25, verse 8, where it says, He will swallow up death forever. Then the Lord God will wipe away the tears from all faces, and the disgrace of his people he will take away from all the earth, for the Lord has spoken. And then Isaiah chapter 35, one of my favorite chapters in the Bible, verse 10. And the ransom of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. And then skipping up to chapter 65 of Isaiah, verses 17 and 18, it says, For I'm about to create new heavens and a new earth. The former things shall be remembered, shall not be remembered or come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I am creating. For I am about to create Jerusalem as a joy and its people as a delight. And then skipping into the New Testament, Mark 13, verse 31, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. And 2 Peter 3, 13, but in accordance with his promise, we wait for new heavens and a new earth where righteousness is at home. There are many, many more examples of this theme. It's a common theme in Scripture, a common hope for the people of God through all the ages. But what creates joy in some may create dread in others, right? I guess it all depends on where you are in your relationship with the Lord. Haven't you noticed that what rings true and pleasant to those of us who believe sometimes rings false and abhorrent to those who are not being saved? Paul recognized this in 2 Corinthians chapter 2 when he used the imagery of a triumph parade after a battle when the victorious army marches in triumph in their capital city. This from 2 Corinthians 2, verses 15 and 16. For we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To the one, a fragrance from death to death. To the other, a fragrance from life to life. Who is sufficient for these things? And Jesus noted that the day of the Lord, when judgment will be handed down, is good news to some, but not necessarily to all. Matthew 11, verse 24 says, But I tell you that on that day of judgment, it'll be more tolerable for the land of Sodom than for you. The Old Testament prophet Amos, speaking to the faithless Israelites, said something similar in Amos chapter 5, verses 18 through 20. Alas for you who desire the day of the Lord. Why do you want the day of the Lord? It is darkness, not light, as if someone fled from a lion and was met by a bear or went into the house and rested a hand against the wall and was bitten by a snake? Is not the day of the Lord darkness, not light, and gloom with no brightness in it? This written to those who had, who had uh, abandoned the Lord their God. So I can understand why the judgment or second coming of Jesus 
might cause some to feel some dread. But for those of us who believe and who have a right relationship with the Lord, it should be the source of great joy. It would be like us imagining the end of COVID. Can you dream of that day when things go back to normal, whatever that looks like? Imagining what it would be like for us to have family and friends over for our, to our homes, to shop wherever we want, to eat at restaurants inside with full capacity, to not fear for our elderly and infirmed, to worship together in person inside where we can hug each other and talk face to face, and we can ditch those masks finally <laughs> in that long coming day. Our looking forward to Jesus' second coming and the consummation of the age, God's triumph over all evil, should be like that, but even more so. No more death. Can you imagine? No more death. And reuniting with those who have died in the Lord before us. No more disease like COVID-19. No more pain or sorrow. And to stand before the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior, finally, and to enjoy his presence forever. That would be an awesome thing. And we should experience an anticipatory joy when we think of what God will do at the consummation of this age. This anticipatory joy enables us to weather the storms of our lives right now. The hardships of the past and the present will fade away. It's like looking forward to our kids or our beloved friend's arrival after having been apart for a long time. It's what I observe in my wife, Cindy, as she prepares for a holiday gathering of family and friends. She works tirelessly, but with a spring in her step and a song in her heart. Literally, she sings uh, and hums as she prepares, as she anticipates the people who will be arriving soon. If we truly believe that Jesus will return, and soon, it will make a difference in our living right now. We will walk with a spring in our step. We will whistle a happy tune, either figuratively or, ha or actually, even in the face of the challenges in our lives. With anticipation, we await his return with joy. As Peter wrote in 2 Peter 3, 14 and 15, Therefore, beloved, while you are waiting for these things, strive to be found by him at peace without spot or blemish, and regard the patience of our Lord as salvation. In this new Christian year, may we live in anticipation of what God is going to do. May we experience anticipatory joy right here, right now, in spite of what's going on in the world, in spite of the hardships we face. May we watch with hopeful eyes for God to do away with the first things and gloriously return in Jesus Christ to right all the wrongs and to be with us forever. Amen and amen. Next week, the series will continue with a new year of priority and uh, subtitled Repentance. Uh, I want you to read Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25 in preparation. Matthew 1, 18 through 25. And continue following along in the daily readings, either uh, in the book or online. Um, you can join me each morning on Facebook Live at 9 o'clock Pacific time for daily devotions, where I'll read the devotion for the day. And then join us on Monday evenings at 7 o'clock Pacific time for a video and group discussion on Zoom as we continue to unpack this series on Advent, the Christian New Year.